0: Hey guys, this is Table Talks with Ataris, an inside look at the everyday conversations we have at our table. table. I'm Ash. I'm MJ. And today we're wrapping it up, a conversation about the book How We Love.
1: Yeah, this is the conclusion of our four episodes book review <laughs> of How We Love it, so
0: Listen, think you should get the book. All right, yeah. look, we're not like sponsored or affiliated or nothing, but I do think this good book could at the very least be helpful.
1: It would change your life.
0: I was going to say that, but I didn't want to be dramatic, So yeah. but it could change your life.
1: So yeah, so strap in for our own experience of how we've learned how we love by Mylon and Kay Yurkovich. Hope you enjoy. All right, let's talk about it. So we want to continue on in our conversation about how our love styles or what our love styles are and how they collide. Mm -hmm. And now we just want to take some time to unpack what.
0: I think how we've actually grown in working through this. Yeah. Like what steps have we taken to actually like implement all of this and kind of work through this as a couple. I
1: still feel a lot of times though that unless I'm consciously thinking about it. It feels new every time.
0: Yeah, sometimes it still catches me off guard. Yeah. I think to me,
1: one of the most helpful things for me has been that if I think about, and it sounds so rudimentary as I explain it, but if I think about how the coupling of you as a vacillator, Mm -hmm. but also how you receive love, and I'm conscious of that, (laughs) it sounds so, so simplistic, but if I have compassion... putting myself in your shoes and what would be meaningful to you and interact with you with that in mind I've seen that help (laughs) and that might seem so silly to be like yeah of course it would help because it's how she thinks and how she loves yeah and how she receives love but most of the time people view life through the lens of their own love style yes and that's been something that I've been consciously trying to practice love in just, I don't know, just verbally affirming you, verbally Mm -hmm. reassuring, like, hey, you're a good mom. I love that you're my bride. Mm -hmm. And just saying those things, even though that's not as meaningful to me, Yeah, not that it doesn't mean anything to me, but that's not how I would tend to necessarily receive love in its it's preferred method.
0: Yeah. I think what I've noticed from you. Yeah. And you can let me know if this is right or wrong, but in being married to you for seven years now, is that while that's maybe not how you learned to connect was through verbal, you know, it's not correct. Through verbal affirmation. Yeah. But I do feel like when I, am encouraging of you when i do say things that are very encouraging of you it does mm-hmm. it is meaningful to you it's just yeah. maybe surprising sometimes right. as if it's a thing that you didn't know that you wanted mm-hmm. or needed because that's not how you've learned to connect with other people right in that verbal way you know yeah. it's very expressive yeah of love you know
1: yeah and this is not even ex- extremely related to it but even in times when you do hear me try to process something out loud mm-hmm. and it's really just me needing you to be consciously there with me yeah. when I try to say something. Because typically as an avoider or an internal processor, I don't actually verbalize mm-hmm. what it is that I'm trying to think through or process. Or... And so when you actually take the time to walk me through when I do verbalize it, that also means a lot to me. In just like being present yeah. with what it is I'm trying to decide or process, it can even be something as like simple as making a purchase decision for mm-hmm. i don't know like a pair of shoes or whatever, yeah, so that has been something that when you do walk alongside me during those times, yeah it it feels like. I am known by you mm, yeah. <laughs> even though it's like so silly. Like, Hey, can I, should I buy, buy these shoes versus that, sh- you know, pair of shoes or whatnot, or, you know, a car purchase decision. That's a long ways away. Like I'm not, we don't need a new car, mm-hmm. but I'm like doing the research already. Mm-hmm. And even you taking the time to just like try and unpack that for me it makes me feel like I'm seen and known. Yeah. So I think, I'm not sure that's something that you would even consider valuable in what it is that I'm trying to decide, Mm -hmm. but being willing to just go there with me means a lot to me.
0: Yeah. I think, I think you said this maybe, I don't know if it was the last episode or the one before that, when we were Mm -hmm. specifically talking about your style, but you said something to the nature of, you know, love really comes down to knowing how to serve Yeah, in the way that they need it, you know, more Mm -hmm. so maybe than just giving love in the way that you're familiar with or what feels loving to you to receive, you know. It's really learning what other people need and desire as well and having a willingness to step into maybe what might sometimes feel like an uncomfortable space and giving it that way.
1: Yeah, for sure. And so maybe a question for you would be, what are some of the things that you've learned along the way having been married to an avoider?
0: Hmm. Let me look at my list here. I can't divert from my notes. Stick to the notes. <laughs> I think maybe I didn't have this written down. But one of the biggest things that I've had to learn is that when I pull away and detach and expect you to come <sighs> chase yeah. me no matter how long we've been married, I still feel that tendency. Now I can know what kind of like accurate reality to write as a narrative in my mind of what's actually happening in that scenario. I know like, okay, I'm detaching. I'm expecting him to come after me. And that's not, you know, maybe you've learned that's what I want after all these years, but I can't have that expectation of you because it's unrealistic in some senses. You know what I mean? Um, especially if I give, if I just gave you like a zinger and then I run away and I expect you to come after me, you know, that's not fair. And so I have had to learn that the lack of what I would call maybe like a pursuit of wanting to be pursued does not mean a lack of love. And that has been a really hard thing for me to learn for whatever reason,
1: you know, just... In the same vein, too, though, I'm learning to fly into the danger zone. Yeah. Because
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> earlier on in our marriage, when I would see that, I'd be yeah. like, well, obviously, she doesn't want to be around me. Yeah. So I'm going to let you meet the need that you have. Right. Because, as again, viewing that would be life what through the lens. Need. Exactly. Yes, yes. If you tell me, get away from me. Yeah. then I would help um, you get away from me. Right, right. Or, you know, you, you, get, you, know, you get what yeah, I mean. Yeah, yeah. Even, so now learning that you're, that, that that distance is actually for you to feel like you're still being pursued. It's like every fiber in my being yeah. doesn't want to do. Right, it goes
0: against it. the grain of like a principle in you of like respecting somebody else's needs, you know, because in your mind, if I'm giving you Yeah, if I'm maybe not even saying with words, get away from me, but all of my actions are conveying like, don't come near me. Arms are crossed, yeah. Then like you will respect that, yeah. And so I've learned to insert the benefit of the doubt of you that what's happening in that situation is not neglect; Mm -hmm. it's actually a desire to respect what you think are my needs, you know. And I've had to learn that there is onus on me to communicate that need. I'm trying to, in a roundabout way, convey it. Yeah. But it's it's and it's, it's not productive. It's not helpful. And it's, you know, I would say it's probably not healthy. And so i have learned i'm responsible for meeting my needs like i have this need to be encouraged it or you know comforted or whatever it was i was looking for initially didn't happen now i'm like going into flea mode communicate that right like hey in that moment i really just needed to hear encouragement or or even you know i've learned to set up those conversations going into it to try to set us up for success better by conveying that need Right from the beginning, like, yeah. hey, this is really on my mind, and I really just need to—I don't need solved, I don't need fixed. I just need to hear encouragement, or I just need to hear, you know, mm-hmm. or you know, I just need a hug, or can we just, you know, go for a walk? And can I just talk about this? Like, I've yeah. learned to communicate those needs a little bit more on the forefront it's, to set us up for success.
1: It's still hard, love. It's so because hard. Yeah. It's it's right on the heels of, I hate you. I'm I'm wow. I'm saying it in an extreme so <laughs> it's easy to follow. No, it element. just sometimes it is not verbally expressed, but it is maybe you know, in the body language conveyed yeah, in yeah. a way that it's yeah. like actually I wanna have nothing to do with you. Yeah. Again, I'm picking an extreme because it's easier to follow. And so it's just like it starts off with I'm distancing myself away from you because you're actually somebody that I don't want to be around.
0: I think it's yeah,
1: yeah. And then it's followed up by, I just need you to comfort me.
0: Right. I think really what I'm looking, what is going on though, is that I'm feeling like you had, your intent was against me. Yeah. You did what you did to hurt me intentionally. Yeah. And so, um, Another thing I'm learning is to just insert more trust in relationships in general, you know, and maybe even to allow people to be sinful at times. Like people are going to disappoint me. People are going to hurt me, even especially the people that I love the most. You know, Mm -hmm. I feel like I don't feel that tendency towards vacillation. You know, I feel it the the most with the people that I'm closest to. You know what I mean? And so... I am learning to just allow people to make you know do things to just be human yeah and on and I think a tendency of a vacillator is like you're all good or you're all bad and you kind of flip people in and out of those right. camps like you go from like you're for me and I am loyalty and love you know to like you're against me and like you're the enemy and like right. I got to protect myself from you yeah. you know and I'm learning to not operate in that like all good or all bad mindset and allow people to just be nuanced Mm -hmm. and have good days or bad days or off days or make poor choices or have a poor execution or, you know, just make a decision that was, they thought was best for themselves and had some sort of negative impact on me, you know? And so I'm, I'm learning to allow people that Mm -hmm. and to still extend trust when my tendency would be like, okay, now I'm going to like, remove myself because you're not good for me anymore you tried to hurt you know you're you're against me kind of a mindset yeah so
1: yeah i think it's interesting how like even though we've articulated all of this Mm -hmm. in the moment is still tough to sometimes even cross the bridge of yeah having the compassion i don't even know if i'm using the term compassion correctly but what i'm trying to mean is that it's hard to bridge over to how you would actually experience this because the way I'm feeling is that you actually don't want to have anything to do with me Mm -hmm. and then now you do. And so it's just like, okay, now it's confusing. And even though we've like, we're both aware of this is going, this is what's happening and it's been super helpful in actually being able to tell that this is how it's breaking down. I think one of the issues that we still fall prey to is the, like who's going to buckle first Mm. and it's like a pride issue Mm -hmm. maybe and it's in its purest form Mm -hmm. that you know i'm i'm more willing to hold out for punishing you for your wish you know your flip floppy behavior Mm -hmm. because of how it's confusing Mm -hmm. rather than being willing to bridge the gap fly into the danger zone because that's how it actually could get resolved
2: Mm Mm-hmm.
1: And then maybe even if I do step out into the void of, man, I could get ambushed, you could hold out by not responding positively to what I'm trying to do. Yeah. Or you could choose to accept the gap that was closed out by me. Yeah. And a lot of times, like when we, like the last couple of times we've argued or gotten into this, that conflict cycle, it's been interesting to just realize, okay, we both know like what's actually happening now. Mm-hmm. And now it's just a matter just of like, bend first, yeah. Yeah. And so the last time I remember in particular it happened literally in here. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. I feel like we just have to like kind of let it die down. Yeah. And you know, it's a, it's a pride thing to be willing, like being willing to get over the pride of the pain that you feel yeah. or the confusion on my part that I feel. Yeah. And then the second part is it's returning back to the trust, are the basis of the foundation of our relationship Yeah, that at the end of the day, we're for each other. Like right. you're for me and I'm for you. Yeah. And we, does, we want the same thing. Yeah. And that like, you know, divorce is off the table. Like, obviously that's not exactly what we think every single time, but like <laughs> we both want the same end result, even though what you're seeing all around you might not communicate that. Yeah. That you're seeing distance from me that I'm seeing, flip-floppiness from you yeah and that you're like we're both out to harm each other is what we're observing but we both have to trust at the end of the day like the only ways i feel like we've been able to slowly resolve the conflict Mm -hmm. is to just solely rely on the fact that we've made a covenant with each other and that we trust each other to want the same things because i don't know if it's gonna it could possibly work otherwise somebody's always going to be yeah compromising Yes. I would, I would guess. Yeah.
0: We both have to meet in the middle. Or it very much feels like a, one person's catering to the other person. Yeah. Yeah. I think I've learned to trust that your love and the connection that we have in marriage is genuine. Right. It is true. That's It is mean. trustworthy. You right. know? And so I do have, ev- I don't want to say like evidence, but like I have something to look back it's on. A track record. Yeah. A track record. You know, to see... This is genuine. I yeah. need to trust that the intent is genuine. And maybe the execution was just different than what I expected or uncommunicated or you know whatever it was. I mm-hmm. think another really helpful thing from the book that I've learned to do in our relationship, but also now as a parent. And they also, we can link this in the show notes, but they do have a book for parenting as well, How We Love Our Kids. And I feel like every parent should read that book or if you desire to be a parent someday it's a book that probably should be on the list of things to read
1: yeah i've not read it yet and basically you started going through it yeah and it's has it been like just so sobering like because i've made you stop because it's of very how,
0: sobering it's a hard read yeah and i think both books are a hard read it's definitely much shorter than a, yeah just the regular how we love book but what i like about the parenting book is that it takes each style and then it the section that I'm in right now, I haven't read the full thing, so I can't, I guess, fully recommend it until I read the whole thing. But from what I've read so far, it's really insightful and helpful. And I'm already seeing like evidence of what they're talking about mm-hmm. in my relationship with my children and in the ways that I see them responding to me. And so what I like is that they go through each style and then take, you know, these are things that would be triggering yeah, uh, for you in the newborn stage, in the infant stage wow. in the toddler stage right. in middle school years in teenage years and so it's just so already you know mm-hmm. I went through the newborn the infant the toddler sections and I'm like wow this is so, like literally these are the things that get me you know they get under my skin and so yeah I we can link that but it's so helpful but one of the things that I've learned to do is uncover the sadness underneath my anger. My go-to feeling is this feeling of anger. Mm. And um, I've learned to stop and ask myself, okay, what made me sad before I got angry? Yeah, And it's just been such a helpful exercise for me, I feel like, to get out of that mode before I do something I might <laughs> regret. I think another thing is, you know, I mentioned about the vacillator being preoccupied a lot and I still wrestle with this. I've just always have, it's like, I have this movie playing in my mind all the time. I, d- I don't even know how to describe it. And I would love you know, to hear if somebody else resonates with the vacillator left side. Like, do you feel the same thing? I feel like that was just me, but like I have this movie going on in my head and like this narrative that's constantly playing and I'm just very preoccupied and I've learned to get those thoughts out. So like journaling, Getting it out and writing is extremely helpful to me. Once it's out, it's not an issue anymore. But if I haven't had time to kind of process what's mulling around or what's ruminating in my mind, it's just, it continues to be there, you know, until I can get it out. So that's been super helpful for me. But what do you think are some things that have been helpful for you that you've been like growing in since? Yeah, reading this, or even just in us working in this in our marriage,
1: I think it's those very things that you've learned to process about, like getting things out, on how you feel, like the anger that is actually shrouding sadness, like mm-hmm. here all these emotions. For me, it's just like, what is anger? <laughs> learning to process what is sadness, mm-hmm. and so it's really just for me learning to connect how a certain emotion, like event, made me feel. Or because I only know that I'm acting in a certain way, yeah, as a response to something that I has happened to me, mm-hmm. but I don't exactly connect why that behavior is produced based on this input. Mm-hmm. And so because as an avoider, I've not had to process that, nor did I have the space to be able to say, "I'm mad." I'm sad. Mm -hmm. I'm angry. And I was maybe even seen as somebody who is very level-headed or on the verge of being like standoffish because you have no emotions. (laughs) What I'm learning in being married to someone who is experiencing the full, full spectrum of emotions is relating that to myself and how I might be feeling those ways as well. And so if I'm like, say, overwhelmed at work because... Something is happening or I feel anxious about the future or just things that I just cope with, mm-hmm. but I don't really know why I'm feeling that way.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: It's really just a matter of practicing how to put a pulse on what is that feeling that you're actually feeling right? rather than just trying to be like, you know, like it's a big mysterious thing that I don't even know what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. And so it's been something I've been trying to more consciously process through of like, okay, I'm, I feel like I'm coping. Yeah. So what is it that is that I'm feeling that's causing this mechanism for me to cope? Yeah. And so I think with that too, because of like how just a general discomfort of emotions, you know, we have children that express and experience emotions as well. Yeah. And so, you know, what I've learned because of being in a relationship with you and the way that you are able to feel things very strongly like we have many versions of that Mm -hmm. running around our house. And so learning to give your children the freedom to, to make those connections as well. That like, they are acting in this way because they're feeling in what way. And like, how do you navigate that for them? Dad, like, are you going to suppress that because Mm -hmm. they're not quote unquote behaving? Yeah. And will I allow that Mm -hmm. so that they can get to the end of experiencing that or, you know, Will I let my daughter have those feelings so that she knows she is safe to feel them with her dad? Hmm. Or will I shove them off because she's not performing in a certain way? Yeah. And so there, and and I inadvertently, subconsciously tell her that she needs to figure out how she's feeling on her own on the side. Hmm. And so I'm trying to push back on that by allowing her to, like, when she accidentally you know scratches her knee and she's upset or she's sad to not you know to have her actually feel sad and cry and have her feel like i'm a safe place for her to come to yeah to experience that sadness or that hurt that she feels and to receive the comfort from the pain that she feels by scratching her knee like that literally happened earlier today
2: Mm -hmm.
1: or when she woke up from her nap today Mm -hmm. and she just like cried out of the blue and you know i don't know what the appropriate level is either because, you know, now she also needs to attach, okay, you're acting in this way. What is it that you're feeling? Is it the appropriate response? Right. But I'm willing to start with at least, okay, you're safe to act in this way around me. Yeah. So those are the things that I'm learning. And obviously, you know, we've had years of practice with that, with each other prior to even having kids, which has been just such a new world for me. Um, because. Again, it's not been something that you know is necessarily talked about amongst guys, hmm. or is really something that is in a household that where there's like there's a good band of emotions yeah. to operate under. Yep,
0: it's good. I yeah, I think for you and I in our parenting, how this can play out could either really complement each other because we are bringing opposite things to the table. And so there can be some sense of balance, I think, if we are aware, you know, of what we're doing and why we're reacting the ways that we are. But I think it can also lend itself specifically your style, my style to desiring performance from our children. Yeah. And for you, it might look, yeah, it might look a little bit more like independence, like that hyper independence that you're looking for from them versus for me, I think it might be more
1: compliance. Yeah. Yeah. So, like it could work really well, yeah, because we build each other up and complement each other, but, like, on the flip side, if we're on like a short fuse, yeah, I could demand our children to be at a certain level before they're ready to be there, yeah, and then you could actually push our children to be at a certain level,
2: yeah, in yep. order
1: for them to behave in a way that is approved, right, and so. Yeah, it's real dangerous to be able to slip into that. And so that's one of the things that we're going to have to keep in check with each other. That the things that you might be seeing in me or vice versa Mm -hmm. to like call each other out on the ways that we might be slipping into the more performance-oriented or compliance-oriented ways of parenting. And again, I don't know if it's all binary. Right. Like you should never... Have your children comply? No, absolutely. There are ap- appropriate moments to right. request your children to comply. If they're running out on the street, yeah. yep. compliance is required, right? And so, you know, it's it's so it's it's so nuanced in how to actually appropriately balance protecting your children, giving them a place to be able to feel safe about how to express their emotions. And yet also like on my side, as like maybe just generally as a dad, I'm willing to push the boundaries of where they could reach yeah. or what they could accomplish. And and so like, what are the appropriate levels of doing that without it being something that is too early for them to even realistically accomplish? Right. And I think I'm going to struggle with that yeah. through the years. And it's a little bit easier now because it's right now it's like, hey, how many steps can you take Gita, before I have to hold you or, yeah. you know, yeah. things like that. Whereas it'll become more complex. Yeah. I feel like it would as they get older. Yeah. So one last thought. So I think all in all for me, it's just been helpful to, I feel like a set of glasses are put over our relationship Hmm. to just at least like see that these are the ways that this could pan out. Yeah. And so whether or not we actually end up executing it correctly You know, I hope our children grow up well because of how we parent. Mm -hmm. And like I said, because of how we parent and in spite of how we parent. And having this set of glasses that we've put on has helped me at least be aware of, again, we don't practice this perfectly. Yeah. But it's helped me be aware of like when I put on this lens, I can see how I might be parenting a certain way or how I might be loving you as my bride a certain way and ways that we can grow. And I think that's like literally the first step that you have to take in order to be able to see improvements, otherwise you'll end up doing the same exact thing that was imprinted on you, yeah, based on your upbringing.
0: Yeah, for sure. And I feel like for me, it's really just helped me. It's it's helped me unpack a lot of deep things. I feel like that were like bar- that are just like buried inside me. Yeah, and couldn't really connect that that was tied to how I would react. In certain situations and I think when I was young and had the experience of having my parents separate there were just lies I think that were spoken over me from the enemy of just I walked away from that situation I didn't know this at three years old <laughs> now looking back I walked away from that with this sense of feeling just unworthy of love that has followed me for years and wreaked havoc, you know, in relationships and with people who really meant a lot to me. And so I feel like this has helped me to like really uncover some of that and be able to be healed and really root my identity in Christ and not like just rest in the fact that like I am loved. You know, I don't have to spend my lifetime trying to prove my worth or my value or put that on other people to give that to me, you know, and feel like I'm constantly disappointed by that. And so it's been really healing for me, I think, in a sense of just kind of uncovering that, but then also working through that, finding my identity in Christ and having that really bring about some transformative things in our marriage of just releasing that weight from you, you know, Mm -hmm. and then learning how to work through conflict with you in a way that is just more respectful of each other. And so, and hopefully, you know, now that carried into our parenting as well of like literally like influencing the lens through which our children view, receive, give love. Like we're shaping some of that, a lot of that. And I feel the weight of that, and you know, get one shot as a parent, and I want to do it as well as I can. You know, I know I'm not going to get it perfect, right? But man, I want to be able to, you know, get to the end of my life and be like, I, I literally like, I left it all out on the court. You mm-hmm. know, like, I, I tried my very best. You know, mm-hmm. and and that isn't even like this sense of striving as much as it is like constantly like surrendering these things, you know, to the Lord and being like, I need more healing. <laughs> this yeah. Like this is really painful. And that's pointing out to me. I need some more healing here. <laughs> There's more work to be done. So,
1: well, I don't know if we're in the middle of the first quarter or the second quarter, but yeah, I don't know. I think uh, you're doing a good job so Thanks, far. dear. Babe. I appreciate that. Well, hey, guys, thanks for listening to this episode of Table Talks with the Tare's.
0: We'd love to hear from you. And if there's something you'd specifically like for us to talk about, visit honors slash table talks to let us know.
1: And if this episode was helpful to you, be sure to subscribe and to also share it with a friend. We really appreciate your support.
0: All music is from the OG MJ Tare. Join us next time for another conversation at our table.